I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It is Room 104. If you have not already done so, you can subscribe to the podcast in case you missed any of this week's shows. You can head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Acast, all of the podcast platforms that you get your podcasts on and subscribe there. Now on the show, clinical sexologist and certified sex coach. What are those things? We will find out in a minute. But um, Coach Sonny Rogers, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I suppose question number one, what is a clinical sexologist? That is a great question. I actually... I actually get this a lot. Um, some people, it's funny when they find out who I am and what I do, they either have a ton of questions or they run away. <laughs> but eventually they actually come back and ask me more questions. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. So a clinical sexologist is basically a master's degree in sexology. And what that covers is human sexuality. From a clinical sense, is that's where the coach comes in because I, I did need to work with several individuals and couples in order to get the clinical portion. The sexology portion took me about two years and it went from just regular anatomy to covering like every type of problem that you could possibly imagine. I mean, erectile dysfunction, menopause, and just general unhappiness where they've lost connection in couples. Okay. And then where did your coaching come along? So the coaching comes along. It's the second half of the sexology is you actually have to coach people and couples and I recorded it. There were videos. I had my advisors and the doctors actually grade me and tell me what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong. And that actually led into right now I'm in a PhD program, which is a psychology program for human sexuality. So can I ask you then, what would be the difference between somebody or a couple who goes to see you as a clinical sexologist or sex coach versus them going to maybe a relationship therapist? So a relationship therapist is normally a therapist is a licensed person. I am not licensed. So they are, they're more under the psychology of it. Right. I'm more of the, does that make sense? Yeah. I'm more of a relationship healer. So it's not, you know, you think professional sex coach, everybody takes their clothes off (laughs) and there's blindfolds everywhere. And it's not that at all. I'm not, I don't ever go to a bedroom. It's all very, very professional. But what I do is I get both of them to really dive deep into what their own 
personal sexuality is about and what it means to them. And I find that so many people are so, they just don't know how to speak about it. So a relationship therapist might say, oh, it's because of your relationship with your mother. And I'm not going to say anything about that at all. <laughs> I'm going to say something like, all right, where do you not want to be touched? And why do you not want to be touched there? So it's a different, a different avenue that we go down together. Yeah, so I imagine you're looking at practical, implementable solutions as, a, as opposed to looking at complexes that deeply lies somewhere where we can't even get to. Yes. And I will say that therapists, I mean, they're wonderful. They also rely on medication and things like that. And I actually do home assignments. So every week I give my coaching clients something to do, a task. Like this week, you have to initiate sex. And if you don't, you're, there are going to be consequences to pay for that. <laughs> and it's so funny to have people. Yeah, it's so funny. You'll notice in most relationships, there's one person that always is the initiator. And so it's so fun to have them switch roles and kind of bring out a different side. And then maybe because of, you know, if we're around Halloween, we get really big into role playing. Like, who are you going to be for Halloween? And how can you take parts of your new persona and your costume into the bedroom and have fun with it. I think, see, with Irish people, we're, we're too embarrassed. So it's that whole kind of thing of, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, why are you wearing that? <laughs> you look <laughs> ridiculous. Take yes. that off now and get under the quilts and just lie there and we'll get it over and done with. <laughs> yes. I will say, that's so funny. I will say a lot of people, uh, they want to experiment and they don't know how to tell their partner that. So they blame it on me. So they're like, well, Sunny said we have this assignment. And it's funny because um, with most couple clients, I'll speak to one partner and then the other partner and then together because there's actually three people in the relationship because the couple dynamic is totally different than when, who they are as two separate people. And so a lot, you know, there's people like, I want to try maybe oral pleasure, but my partner doesn't. So it's kind of interesting to actually make one of the assignments be, all right, you're both going to do oral pleasure on each other and see what happens because one person's just delighted and who knows, they might come away with, wow, that was the best experience ever. I'm so glad we tried it. I'm wondering though, I imagine it's one person who actually wants to come to see you more so than the other. Obviously one person feels they might have a problem and then persuades their other half to come. So do you often find with one of the people in the couples is a little bit more resistance to you or what you're trying to do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because most people think that it's going to be the wives or the female that want to go for sex coaching. But I'm finding it's really more so the, the gentlemen. The men are like, I'm so involved in my work. We've lost touch and I don't know how to get back to the place we were. So what are then some of the speaking from the guy, I would have thought it was women who were initiating this completely how, how, yeah. wrong, how wrong I was. So would I. But what are some yeah. of the, are you seeing any some common themes that are coming up amongst um, your male kind of clients that are coming like what are their problems? Their problems are they're, most of them are hitting middle age and they're now coming to a point where they're dealing with erectile dysfunction or something in the bedroom that they feel ashamed about and they don't know how to talk to their partner because they've always been like, you know, the strong man and now things are shifting and it scares them. And because they're frightened, they don't know how to go to their partner because it's so hard to talk to each other about sex and especially to say, 
something's wrong and I don't know how to fix it and I want your help. That is just something that normally we're not programmed to speak about or come out of your mouth to a partner. So I find that being able to help them heal and help them deal with that, I mean, deal with it as far as using pleasure products, using herbs, using medicinal items that are out there, using, you know, functional medicine. There's so many things that you can do that a lot of it is, I should back up a little bit, a lot of the erectile dysfunction is becoming more increasingly popular because of diabetes and diabetes medications, they inhibit blood flow, such as, you know, there's a few other medications, but like uh, cholesterol. Most gentlemen, they don't really watch what they eat, so they have high cholesterol. And the next thing you know, they're on blood thinners or something like that. And that affects blood flow to everywhere in the body. And so that's when they are dealing with medical issues and there's ways to work around it and there's healthier ways that you can do things and you really need your partner to be your partner and not be afraid of them because they know something's wrong. In most respects, when the man comes to me, the woman already knows something's wrong and she doesn't know how to approach it because people aren't really comfortable talking about this and they're not trained on how to speak properly about it. They just uh, so, drink themselves into yeah. oblivion and then have a row That's about it, it and yeah. then ignore it for yeah. another six months. Exactly. But I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, you know, when you get into a relationship, you obviously meet and you get on as like your personalities match and all that stuff. But like you never know whether you're going to match sexually. Do you know that kind of way? Like you don't know if you've got a really high sex drive and he might not or the other way around or he might be into weird stuff. You might be into weird stuff. And What weird stuff are you into? <laughs> it's not for you to we know. We call that kinky. <laughs> kinky stuff, yeah. But then we it's call like, it kinky. What do you do in that, in that situation then if one of them goes to you and is like, I don't know what I'm going to do because she's not into this stuff? You know what? Everybody in life goes through where there, there are highs for your libido and there are lows for your libido. And this is mostly brought on by things that you're dealing with in outside life. Like stress can really inhibit your libido and it's funny because sex actually can release dopamines and endorphins and lower your stress level. So it's actually one of the ways that you can deal with stress better. So I think a lot of it is education because I know most doctors, even gynecologists, have about one week to deal with sexual issues and that's it. And other than that, no one really has anybody to talk to. So I think that's why more sexologists and sex experts and intimacy experts are going to become more prevalent because I think this is only going to keep increasing. Sushi, you were mentioning, what was the article that you came across? There was a girl that, um, this is how I came across you, so I need so I came across this girl who had uh, written an article about you helping her out sexually uh, to become a stronger, more friskier woman, I guess. <laughs> and then she ended up going around Europe and she decided that she was going to try and have sex with a guy from every country and then compare what sex was like. For research purposes. Yeah, for research purposes, oh, obviously. And she said it varied quite dramatically. Oh, that's awesome. But I love giving people assignments and I, I think that was Maria that you're talking about. Yeah. And and with her, I gave her a different assignment for every single day of the week. And it started with just learning more about her own anatomy and then, you know, being more aggressive towards the opposite sex and saying, I'm like, you're never going to meet some of these people again. So change your name. You're now Cynthia. And, <laughs> you know, Cynthia, Cynthia likes to be on top and in charge. So she got to use all these different personas in a wonderful way. And it, I think it was a wonderful experiment with her because she learned so much more about 
who she is and what she likes and what she doesn't like and really got to explore some stuff that most people don't. So who is she then? Who is Maria? What type of, did she land on, actually, this is what I like and this is who I am sexually? She did. She, um, sorry, Maria. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Maria, confidence is out. Um, Actually, what she came back was she likes not to be the aggressor. She likes to be the soft Maria that's confident. And it was funny because we did come up with a name, and I want to say it was like Anne or Lulu or something like that. And when she sat down to the first guy, she said, hi, I'm Jessica. And in her head, she threw herself off because she was like, who the heck is Jessica? Yeah. You know, like she just, like her whole entire body wasn't like playing along. But she said that she learned that she wants, she wants her partners in the relationship. She wants the man to take charge. And she just wants to be really super feminine and quiet and just enjoy what she enjoys. Well, at least she knows. And then she went around and changed her name so it's not like they have any, you know, way of contacting her really. Which is always a good thing, but um, yeah, no, she was she was actually talking about different guys in different countries, and she found it interesting. French men were much more, she said, aggressive in the bedroom, and Italian men were much more romantic. Do you find that from your kind of line of work that different people from all over the world coming to you and their needs are a little bit different? Yes, absolutely. They're not only different in how they react to the opposite sex, but what's fascinating to me is so many religions. There's so many different types of religions in the world, and they actually have a lot to do with what people think about sex life. You know, am I guilty? Are there rules? You know, and so that's been fascinating, learning about all those different types of religion and how they bring religion into the bedroom, which I do not, I don't agree with at all. (laughs) Lock that at the door. Just go in without it. And I do have to say, the other thing I found was there's so many people that, like, okay, for instance, feng shui. So many people will practice feng shui, which is the Chinese art of aligning your household with your goals and your wishes and desires. And I find that some people have pictures of their entire family in their bedroom. And so they felt like, or in the case of my clients, they felt like they can't really be free in the bedroom and they couldn't put a finger on it. And I'm like, your entire family is watching you have sex. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit of a so turnoff. Right? Yeah. So just something, you know, subconscious like that, people don't understand how that could affect them. So just taking all of those pictures out of the bedroom, it just freed up their self conscious and their sex life automatically improved. So sometimes it doesn't take a lot of change. And another recommendation I give people is blindfolds just for the reason a lot can be said by the eyes. And if your partner's looking at you, you automatically feel self-conscious and you don't want to say something that might hurt them or hurt their feelings. So if you put a blindfold on them, then you can't see the reaction and emotions in their eyes and you literally can tell them anything in the world. You can't see them raising their eyes to heaven halfway through going, is this not done yet? (laughs) My God. You get a little buffer for that. Um, can I ask you, um, for you, right, over, over the last number of years that you've been doing this, what has been your biggest success with a couple? The biggest success was actually saving somebody's marriage. They were at their wit's end and they had four small children and both of them weren't communicating and they were just going to throw in the towel. And that was when 
the husband reached out to me and said, please, please, we'll do anything you say. And it was amazing because with their home assignments, it went from we're getting a divorce to, all right, now we're going to play with sensate touch and actually starting to touch each other again, hold hand, you know, touch someone's cheek when they kiss and that type of thing. And then moving into renewed intimacy that they hadn't felt in years and saying, thank you so much. We're not getting divorced. And now I feel like I'm going to cry. Yeah, that's adorable. (laughs) But you know that actually, if you notice when you're in a relationship, obviously the first kind of six months, let's be honest, you're having a great time in the bedroom. It's usually very happy. You're all over each other. But the longer the relationship goes on, the less affectionate you become. It's just like, it's nearly a chore, isn't it? The novelty wears off. Yeah. So like holding hands, you don't tend to do that that much or even like you said, kiss on the cheek or something, anything. Um, You could be sitting at home making dinner and sitting on two separate couches. Yes. It's the first thing that goes in a relationship is people stop touching each other. Which is so weird because it just kind of happens suddenly, doesn't it? One day when you think about it, you're like, oh, it's this again. Yeah, it's you. (laughs) You're still here. (laughs) Yeah. It's boring, right? Yeah. That's why the fun little assignments, it kind of... It gives you something to think about. You know, I found that with certain couples, she's been trying all this lingerie on and he just doesn't respond. And then I speak to him and he's like, I hate lingerie. I just want, honestly, here, I'm, I'm really sharing. I just want panties and cowboy boots. <laughs> so it's just fun. And that's why it's not, you know, the lingerie is not working. Wow. But they didn't know that because they weren't talking. <laughs> So if someone Fun stuff like that. If someone is listening right now, maybe they're heading into maybe they're there. They're at kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. grand and the kind of the, the zest has gone out of it. Uh what what would you say to them to try and turn things on again and make make it as good as it was? So this is a really fun little thing that somebody can do just this, you know, this week, this weekend. I want both partners to sit down, take three pieces of paper each and write something you'd like to explore in the bedroom. So it could be, uh, I would love you to leave your your high heels on, leave your stilettos on when we have sex, or I would like to try maybe using handcuffs, or I would like to try spooning a different position for sex. Three things on three pieces of paper, fold them up so neither of you can see them, and then put them in a vase on top of some place in the bedroom. And then on the next date night, one of you gets to reach in and pull something out and whatever it is, you're going to try it. But it also starts a great conversation. I didn't know you want me to use, you know, use this, or I didn't know that you wanted me to wear my shoes in bed. So it just not only sparks a conversation, but it creates a really fun experience in the bedroom. There you I go. For the weekend, I, that's I, your I job. I can just imagine, though, <laughs> that goes horribly wrong if you're dating a freak. And you're like, yes. what? You're like, wait a second. I'm not going to wear a onesie with a hole in it. <laughs> I am not doing that to you on the bed. We'll destroy the sheets. No. <laughs> that's a very good idea, though. It is a good idea, yeah. It's terrifying as well. It is yeah. kind of scary. Oh. That's that's the thing. It's yeah. that we don't really like to talk about it usually. So then suddenly you're talking about it and then you are shocked with what he or she wants. And then you have to yeah, go. That might be the case. So it w- might be the case, but at least you started the conversation. And it's something new and different. You're looking at your partner different for sure. Yeah, because you could be seven years in could and then be. you don't even know. Could be. What's him? She's Exactly. <laughs> so let's say, right, let, <laughs> let's say you have, uh, you've done that and then you kind of are a little shocked and surprised about the thing you're reading on the piece of paper and you're kind of like, oh, how would you navigate that kind of situation there? Especially after, let's say, for the last two date nights, you've got to do what the other person has done and now finally your card has come out and they're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, and then you feel like self-conscious. Yeah, I don't want to dress up like a pony and climb around the bedroom. Like, I'm not into that. Running around town trying to find a pony costume. (laughs) 
<laughs> so what do you do in that situation? That's called compromise. So you're not going to be a pony, but you'll wear like a lasso or something or something along those lines. So it's something where now you have the conversation. This is what would really turn you on. However, I'm a little uncomfortable with it. But I'm willing to compromise and let's give this a try and I'll meet you halfway. Okay. Because that's what partners really are supposed to do. Well, that's fair enough, isn't yeah, it? That is fair enough. I yeah. can argue with that. Yeah, that's fair. That's a, that's a good solution to, um, to that problem. Exactly. Yeah. You might run for the hill, but sure, look. <laughs> At least he had a good seven years anyway. <laughs> like, right? Oh, God, we could have had this conversation years ago. No. Yeah. Um, so, so any other kind of pieces of advice that you find are helpful for, you know, couples who are trying to salvage it or whatever? So I think people take sex too seriously. And it's really, I call it sex play because it should be play. And I know a lot of people, you know, become grown-ups and sex is a grown-up thing. And so it becomes this serious thing that you have to plan for and you have to go out and have dinner first and blah, 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 blah. Just reduce it back to play. It's just a way that you and your partner can have intimate fun together and make it fun and make it messy and laugh a lot and just explore each other and love each other for the partnership you have. So, Sonny, um, if someone is... <laughs> It wants to maybe reach out and connect with you and see what you have to offer and maybe find a bit more help. Where would you recommend the best place online that they can reach you is? So I can be found at CoachSunnyRogers.com. CoachSunnyRogers.com. We will make sure to share yeah. that out from the uh, station and the show's social media handles. But listen, it's been enlightening. I hope it's given a lot of people something to do uh, yeah. this evening, maybe spice things up exactly. over the next few days and see what happens. <laughs> but um, Coach Sunny Rogers, listen, thanks a million for popping on Room 104 this evening. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.